Hey everyone, you're listening to the SIMP Investing Podcast, where we discuss everything finance or business related. So SIMP stands for Simplified Integrity, Meaning and Prudence. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and give us a follow on Instagram at SIMP Investing. So just a disclaimer before we officially begin, we'd like to put out that the information and content discussed does not constitute financial advice and serve only for educational and entertainment purposes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a special guest and his name is Neil Kaiyuan. Okay, Kaiyuan is basically uh, the founder and CEO at Rocket Academy. Okay, so let me just give a warm welcome first. Woo! Thank you, Jonathan and Branson for having me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can... Okay, so, so my first question will be, I guess, like, how, how do you go from becoming a musician, uh, then going to software engineering and then mm. starting Rocket Academy? Yep. Yeah. Actually, I, I feel that each of those three segments of my life that you just mentioned are quite distinct from each other. Musician was in high school where my friends and I, we were inspired by the bands at the time, Blink-182, Green Day, and we're like, wow, we want to copy them. And we were in music class and we just like started playing together and then we ended up writing our own music and then ended up playing with Sony Music at some point. Uh, but then we stopped because we had to go to university. We went to different universities. I went to NS and then mm. so that more or less ended that chapter. And then when I went to uni, I thought I wanted to do mechanical engineering, but then I was at Stanford and Silicon Valley and so many companies were trying to hire software engineers and computer science was exciting and still is exciting because there are new inventions happening every single day from all of these researchers and software engineers around the world who are pushing the boundaries of software. And so I, I, I fell in love with it and that's how I became a software engineer. So I interned at places like Facebook, Alibaba, and then I worked at a company called Nuna Health and a company called Dana Chita, which is in Indonesia, after that as a software engineer. And then I, well, at some point after working in Silicon Valley, I knew I wanted to move back to Singapore for personal reasons because my family is from Singapore and I, I actually grew up overseas because my parents were working overseas. And so I felt like, okay, I need to spend more time in Singapore. And that's when I began my startup journey because uh, I felt like, and I can go into this more later, but I felt like there was opportunity. I felt like I wanted to give back and I felt like doing entrepreneurship and building a company was one such way to do that. Mm. So there's this a couple things that I tried and eventually landed on Rocket Academy, which is the coding bootcamp that we know today. Okay, understood. Could I just wind back a bit, right? So when yes. you were a musician, <laughs> like, <t> <laughs> okay. tell me how, how the heck that, does that even start? You know, like most Singaporeans are not doing oh. that right so yeah actually yeah i mean i notice a lot more singaporean artists today maybe it's my spotify recommending me because yeah. i listen to singaporean artists but i feel like there are a lot more nowadays uh you know we have our artists getting signed by like warner bros right like ming ying and, and gentle bones as well so very proud mm. of them and all the other artists for everything they're doing mm. but uh for, for me and my, my friends at the time, we were in school and we got super lucky. Like we were just, just like any other wannabe bands out there. And then my sister was super into J-pop at the time. So she was always mm. on these J-pop forums, looking up these boy bands. And at one point she noticed a Sony Music International audition because I guess, and it was Sony Music Japan specifically. And I guess Japanese people like English artists. Uh, especially ones that looked Asian, I guess, at the time. And so they called us in, we performed for them, and they liked us, gave us a record contract, and that's how we, we got started as a, in, in the more professional sense. Okay. And that was during what, like secondary school or JC? No, secondary school, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ken? 
Okay, so like after graduating uh, university, stuff like that, right? Then you started working in software, right? Yes. Can you tell us more about that experience? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I studied computer science. And so, it, and, and at all the career fairs that I had been to during my uni days, there, there was no shortage of software engineering jobs. And, and to my knowledge today, there's still no shortage. And mm, so, so I, I knew that going into being a software engineer was a career option uh, for me, especially having studied computer science. And, mm, and I, had, I was lucky to have the opportunity to do some internships at places like Facebook and Alibaba while I was in uni. So I had a, I had a sense of what software engineering would be like, right? It's like mm. building the products that we use daily, but not just the, the apps that we see, but also a lot of the backend stuff, the infrastructure, how the data gets saved and, and sent across the world. And that was super exciting for me because I felt like we could be part of things that change people's lives. And it's something that I aspired to since I was much younger, build products that people love that, that can change lives. And, uh, it was not an easy, it was not a, it was not smooth sailing. I, I, I can say that in the sense that, uh, as even for someone graduating from computer science, there was so much stuff that I did not know when I graduated, not even just about coding, right? Cause there's just so much technology out there, but even just about basic stuff like how to ask questions effectively on the job, right? I asked so many questions like, Hey, ah, it's not working. Can you help me? Right. And they're like, well, I have no idea how to help you because I don't know what your problem is. And so things like that on the job helped me, uh, you know, I was lucky to have good mentors and, and peers at the companies that I worked at who could show me and were patient enough to show me, Hey, you know, next time you ask a question, make sure you explain the context explain what you've tried, what your hypotheses are, so that it's much easier for other people to help you. <laughs> and I would say those lessons were actually more valuable than the technical stuff. Because once you learn how to learn, then you can learn yeah. infinite technical stuff. Yeah. yeah. Understood. So, I mean, because uh, I know you stayed in SF for a while, right? Yes. And then like, you didn't straight away come back to Singapore. You went to Jakarta for a while. So, oh, straight away uh, came to Singapore, actually. And oh, you came out of Singapore first. I worked in Singapore okay. for about a year, working on another startup idea before moving to Jakarta. Yeah. Okay. Why why fintech at that point in time? Oh, uh, Jakarta, you mean? Yeah. Jakarta Correct. fintech. Ah, yeah. Actually, so these opportunities came about relatively serendipitously, uh, luckily, right? So uh, as the first startup that I worked on, Project We Forgot in Singapore in 2017 to 2018, as that was winding down, I, or as I was winding down on that project, I happened to uh, be in touch with a friend who was building that company, Dana Cheetah, mm. in Jakarta. And at the time, I was I, I had been gotten a bit jaded with the Singapore market. I was thinking, oh, okay, it's relatively small. I want to look for something, look for a bigger market where I can learn more about and potentially start a business there. And so I jumped at the opportunity to go to Jakarta because I well I had not been to Indonesia other than Bali, and I wanted to learn a lot. I mean, there's so, so much to learn about. Muslim, mostly Muslim country where there's a different language, different culture, and it's right next to Singapore. It's mm -hmm. always going to be our neighbor. I just felt like it would be helpful to go and learn. And meanwhile, this friend who was working on this company was also doing student loans, right, trying to help people access education. I found that meaningful. And they were also an early stage startup, recently graduated from Y Combinator. And I thought that this would be a good opportunity for me to both learn about the new culture mm -hmm. as well as get to work on an early stage team uh, at a startup. Yeah. Got it. Is there any specific, like, uh, really not pain hitting, but like, uh, like what's the most valuable thing you learned at Dana Sita? Mm. 
Yeah. Hmm. Great question. Hmm. I would say that one, I, I would say probably one of the most valuable things that I've learned in general about software engineering is that communication is the most important thing in one of the most important things in software and very underrated. So we always think of software engineering as, okay, you just got to solve the problem and make the app and make sure the app works for millions of people who are using it. Mm. But there's a step in between and the step in between starting and getting the app to work for millions of users robustly is that communication step. The idea of when you're writing code, right? It's, it's about writing it in a way that other people can understand. So in, in, in that, I always give this analogy to people is writing code is more like writing an essay than solving a math problem. It's like writing an essay with very clear paragraphs and topic sentences so that other people can understand what you're trying to say. Mm. It's not enough to just solve the math problem, but nobody else can understand your math. Yeah. So I would say that was the biggest lesson. I think working with the team in Indonesia was, was really great. I think that like, the team, had, the, the team that Danachita had put together was a super highly motivated talented team. We had wizards in front end who could build any kind of front end. We had wizards in marketing that could build any kind of landing page. And I was grateful to learn from them uh, as well. Okay. That's good. So after that, uh, I don't know about you, but because I come from hardcore internet marketing world, mm. e-commerce. Uh, so most people start companies from like a massive pain that they experience themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so like uh, what happened between April, 2019 and October, 2019? Yeah, great. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you asked. It was actually a lot of soul searching, actually, because uh, so I, I had left Donna Cheetah because I wanted to come out and do my own thing. Initially, I had planned to work with a friend to do, wait for it, mobile phone leasing, handphone leasing <laughs> in Indonesia. That okay. was the original idea okay. that I started when I left Donna Cheetah. And, and there was this friend, and uh, so we had met in Indonesia. And his family had, had done, did some uh, mobile phone credit business. So he was, a, and he, he was starting out this mobile phone leasing thing. Uh, in the end, it, it just didn't seem like the right opportunity for me. The, the partnership didn't work out, but we're still friends. And uh, he's, he's still working on an iteration of the business. And then after that, I explored several different areas before finding Rocket Academy. I was looking into things like e-commerce logistics, e-commerce enablement software, hmm. English language tuition marketplace. I was even thinking of things like on-demand fried chicken, like an investor recommended <laughs> me like working on demand fried chicken. I was like, wait, there's already like KFC on GoFood. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, so uh, yeah. And the investor said, Hey, if you, if, if, if you work on this, I'll leave and I'll work on it with you. I was like, wow. <laughs> you uh, mean the, the chicken idea? The chicken idea. Okay. Yeah, Who is this guy, time, man? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I probably won't mention. Okay. okay. But, um, uh, and, at the time, companies like Kopikan Angan, right, which are the on-demand coffee delivery, were, were super popular, and, and Luckin, Luckin is a China one. There's another one mm. in Indonesia, yeah. And um, so those were ideas that I explored. But for all those ideas, I, I never found the right combination of idea and team, right? So I needed an idea that I really believed in and I thought could be big, and also a t uh, another co-founder who or uh, a team that could execute this idea with me because. Let's face it, I'm a tech guy. I don't really yeah. know that much about logistics or coffee or fried chicken. And uh, so then when, so, so shelved those, I, and then, and then one fine day I was reading something like tech in Asia or something like that, or tech, tech crunch. And I, 
noticed that some uh, some schools in the U.S. had fundraised for building an online coding boot camps, and it 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 hit us. It sparked. It hit a light bulb in my head because uh, it made me think. Wow, like there is potential in helping people learn to code. While I was working at Dana Cheetah and all the companies that I've worked at in the past, I had, I had all you know, I had either been help, being helped by other people at the company, or I had been helping, uh, helping develop the more less experienced engineers who are working with me. Yep. And I realized that hey, there's there is an opportunity here to help people get into the software engineering field in a scalable way. Previously, most coding boot camps are brick and mortar, less scalable, and can be good businesses, no doubt. But this online model was novel to me, and I felt like, wow, this seems like it's taking off in the US. Nobody is doing this in Asia. I should go after this. And it just it was a nice fit for my background, which is why I went and did that. Okay. And like, did you come up with this idea while you were still working at Danasita or... Oh, I had left. I had left down. I had explored the mobile phone leasing mm. thing and other ideas at that point. Yeah. Okay. Can so. Uh, I would say the idea is very similar to Lambda School. Am I correct? What inspired by Lambda School, but now mm. actually we're quite different in in a number of ways. Uh, so Lambda School became famous primarily because of their income share agreements, which is the this model financial model they had where you pay nothing upfront. And you pay a percentage of your salary, I think it's 17% of your salary for two years after you graduate uh, mm. and get a job. And I w had wanted to do that for Rocket Academy, but in the end, we started off just asking students to pay up front uh, because I just it just seemed like so much capital investment to not collect money for many years. Yep. And, and so I decided to do that. And so far, it's worked out well for us. Luckily, students have been open to paying up front for our courses. Okay, so how, how do you plan to even structure such a team to deliver this vision of yours? And also, like, uh, tell me more about like why you raise funds versus yeah, 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 great question. So, um, right as you mentioned earlier, initially inspired by Lambda School, right? They're online. I think ISA part we did not take, but what we what we did was have the online structure as well as uh, what else did they have? They're online and. Well, I mean, basically the teachers and students were from different places, right? They, yep. they didn't remote, have remote. Remote, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, um, how did we structure the team? Initially, getting set up was relatively straightforward. Put up a website. I knew I knew the stuff. I knew what companies were looking for when they hire software engineers. Mm -hmm. And I went around and looked at the different bootcamp materials out there on the internet and basically curated my own curriculum. And I started teaching. Just asked some friends, got some students, put a website, started teaching. And building the team initially, I, I was lucky to have someone who came on board to help with a lot of the teaching and curriculum efforts, someone who was an experienced bootcamp instructor. And so that was really helpful because we worked hand in hand on the curriculum. We could take turns on the teaching and I could focus a bit more on the marketing aspects of things while he held down the fort on a lot of the teaching and curriculum efforts. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really helpful. Uh, as we've grown, it's been this balance I think the core of the company really is the teaching operations, right? That's what people are coming to us for, for the, the, the learning as well as the job opportunities at the end of it. And so most of our team has been focused on that learning aspect, right? Making sure that we're delivering the best courses with the best teachers in the best manner possible. Yep. And also, and, and my focus, I guess, 
one of my focuses has been on the job aspects, making sure we continue to network with employers, making sure that all of the companies our students apply to, they can have access to bringing in those employers as speakers every other week for our students to, to network with. And more recently, uh, I've been focusing more of my efforts on growth because I think our product has reached a point where I'm very, I'm actually very proud of it. And I think our students are, our students have been doing fantastic. 100% of our bootcamp graduates so far have received software engineering offers within six months of graduating. And uh, I, I, I think Rocket Academy just needs to be out there more. And so I'm grateful for you guys for hosting us on this podcast. Hope more people can learn more about the work that we're doing at our school. Yeah, so that was a team. Mm. And then the second question that you had was... Why? Um, because technically, you're, uh, it's like a training education. Yeah. Could, could be uh, viewed as inf information product as well, right? Like yeah. you technically didn't have to raise money, but you did. Oh, why do we raise money? Yes. Yep. So I know this is a financial podcast, so maybe this is interesting to people. Uh, the I had two options. Uh, so there's one, I, I think uh, when it was me and Akira, who was the uh, initial technical other uh, par person at Rocket Academy, we were, we, you know, we, we covered our costs because mm -hmm. it was only two of us, right? We were able, we, with the students that we had, we had small numbers, but we were able to cover our costs. And at some point in mid-2021, we unlocked more demand. We essentially we launched a free course called Base Coding Basics, which is still around today. Although it's not free anymore, it's it's a it's a cost price of two hundred dollars, and uh, that course generated a lot of demand for us. We suddenly had hundreds of people coming into our basics course, and we needed to scale up our team. Yep. And so we had I I felt like we had two options at the time. We could have continued to bootstrap, which would have meant that we would need to constrain the number of students and teachers that we could bring on board at any given time because it takes time to realize the revenue from the students and then hire and then that. Or we could raise funds and aim to grow faster. And my perspective at the time and my, my perspective still is that we wanted to raise funds to grow faster because there are network effects associated with schools. And so for those who are, I guess many people, listeners may be, interested in businesses here, right? And so the, some of the strongest businesses are those with network effects because they have yep. defensibility. And for schools, I also feel like there are network effects in the, in the sense of the, the good students. I mean, what makes a good school? It is a success, generally speaking, in my opinion, it is a successful alumni network. It is alumni that do really well and are the movers and shakers in their respective industries. And what does it take to have a strong alumni network? I think well, it's a combination of having a good education, but also a good pipeline of good students who want to come to your school. And so, and, and what does it take for good students want to want to come to the school? Of course, having the alumni network helps, but also the strong education helps. And so us raising funds early on to improve our education product, improve the quality of, basically the quality of education we can deliver to our students would help us attract good students generate this powerful alumni network faster yep. and build that flywheel and defensibility faster as opposed to us bootstrapping. And then my concern would be like, okay, nobody really knows about us then, or not as many people might know about us. We're not able to deliver as high quality of education for our students. And then we won't be able to attract some of the best students as early on. And it'll be harder to build this flywheel essentially. So that's why we raise funds. Got it. 
Um, so I have a question about you know the flywheel, right? So is that mm. the main primary strategy of scaling the company for the just to get more students the pipeline? So essentially, it's really just a lot of uh, focus on marketing. Is is that right, or are you guys like uh, yeah, planning I think, things in yeah, the pipeline? I, yeah. So the way I the way I think about Rocket Academy's business is that we are. Of course, students always come first. So everything we do, we have to make sure that the students are having a good experience in our courses and also, most importantly, are getting great jobs after they graduate, right? That's what they're coming here for. They're not coming here for anything else. I mean, of course, learning coding, but primarily to get a great job afterwards. And the way we plan to scale is to become something more like a marketplace, a trusted marketplace where Rocket Academy, uh, so the marketplace is a marketplace between students and teachers. The students are learners who want to become software engineers per se or get into tech. And the teachers are software engineers who are professionals in the industry that want to teach and give back. And Rocket Academy provides the curriculum, the platform for learning, and the quality control. So the curriculum in the sense that, okay, you know that all the material you're going to be going through at Rocket Academy is already vetted. It's always going to be high quality. The platform, so the, all the processes behind grouping people, assigning them to teachers, submitting projects, grading projects, right? all those things are in the platform and all of those should be smooth and standardized by Rocket. And the third thing, of course, is the quality control, which is one of the most important things which is that we need to make sure that the students coming in are at a certain level of, of, of aptitude, which we screen for. Mm. And the teachers, of course, they have to make sure that there's a certain level of aptitude, not just in coding, but also in teaching. So that's the plan to scale is to go international because coding is the same everywhere in the world. And everywhere in the world, there are software engineers who want to teach and give back. Everywhere in the world, there are students who want to learn and get into tech. So I think we, if we... If we, uh, if we do our expansion properly and, and are able to build a, this mass of students in each of the cities that we go to, I think we can scale as a marketplace. So it's uh, the marketplace with more teachers and more students and probably more different types of uh, software engineering per se, like more languages will be involved, yeah, back and front end. Absolutely. You know what, what's interesting right now? We started off with a one-size-fits-all course, which is the current yeah. course that we're doing. And uh, we teach full stack JavaScript, right? It's because I recommend JavaScript as the first language that people should learn when they are starting code, either JavaScript or Python, but JavaScript is more for app building. Python is more for data analytics, right? So you can choose your own path, but the languages are very similar. And mm, I think and, and that our current bootcamp course, our current course are designed in such a way that people can go and work as a software engineer in any company and succeed as a software engineer in any company, in any industry, in any part of the world that they want today, uh, just based on this, this bootcamp course that we have. And in the future, we plan to launch electives for people that want to be more specialized in niche areas, such as blockchain, such as AI, such as mobile, such as DevOps. Right? Mm -hmm. These are the elective courses that we plan to launch down the road. But for now, for anyone looking to get any kind of software new job, the bootcamp course is enough to get you there. So, uh, if I'm not wrong, right, like there's this competitor called General Assembly. Mm, they, yes. they, they sort of like try to get people hired after you finish the course. Absolutely. As well. General Assembly is great. So, yeah. A lot of so, good could I understand, like, um, what, what is the core uh, or competitive advantage like uh, Rocket mm. Academy has over this kind of similar yeah. competitors, per se, or 
uh, is it really just the teaching, the curriculum, the network is what uh, you guys are going to yeah. focus on to fend off competitors or is there something else that's more unique? Yeah, I think first of all, I just wanted to say that we're not very focused on competitors. Uh, one is that, you know, I think we're doing a great job with, I think we're doing a decent job with our students. I think our students can, would, uh, can attest. And I think as long as we continue to have our students succeed, then that, that is where our mind should be focused on, not on what our competitors are doing. Uh, that said, I do want to say that I, I, I believe Rocket Academy's courses are the best software engineering courses in the market right now, primarily for three reasons. One is screening. Right? Rocket Academy has the most stringent screening uh, of talent coming into our courses in the market today. And what that means is that if, if a student is accepted to Rocket Academy's bootcamp, they know that every other person who's with them in the bootcamp is going to be of a high quality and high caliber and is going to be uh, high achieving, motivated, and they're going to do well in their careers. They're going to be good, good friends to have after you graduate because they're going to become software engineers also, and you can help each other, right? So that's, that's one thing I think we can trust. And people, you know, good students want to learn with other good students generally. Hmm. The second thing is the quality of the education. I think in both in terms of curriculum and teachers, Rocket Academy does a great job. Curriculum, our curriculum is the most comprehensive bootcamp curriculum on the market today. We teach both full stack app development, which includes front end and back end, and algorithms, which most other bootcamps do not teach algorithms. And algorithms are crucial for coding interviews. I know this is a financial podcast, but coding interviews generally involve these algorithm problems where you solve, you just have to reverse a string or something like that, something more complicated. And so I think our curriculum is thorough, more comprehensive than any other bootcamp. We're slightly longer than most other bootcamps, and I think in a good way. And our teachers are from great, most of them are full-time software engineers at great companies out there, like Food Panda, like Meta, like ThoughtWorks, that are teaching at Rocket Academy because they're passionate about it, they're good at it, they want to give back. And so we have professionals who are giving back on our courses. So that's the second part about the education. And the third part, which is, also a massive differentiator, I think, from other bootcamps is the networking aspect. Every two weeks, we invite a software engineer from a guest speaker who is a, from, a, from a hiring partner of Rocket Academy to come and meet our students for a private Ask Me Anything session where our students get to get exposure to the industry, ask them what their journey was like. And we refer Rocket Academy's graduates to every single company that they apply to. And so there's this personal connection between Rocket Academy and the company. The companies trust us because all of us at Rocket Academy are software engineers and they trust that we would not give them yeah. bad okay. candidates. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these three aspects, right, is the screening, the education, and the networking that I think sets Rocket Academy apart. Yep. I'm just curious about the aspect of partners. Because when you first started, right, I, I would believe like the network effect wouldn't be as strong. Yeah. Uh, how do you attract like the first few partners to come in, like the teachers, uh, hiring partners come mm. and be attracted to the platform. Yeah, the teachers, a lot of the teachers who helped us in the beginning were friends. They were introduced through mutual friends or their friends that I knew from software engineering. I'm super grateful to them. They really, we had someone who randomly messaged on LinkedIn, right? Uh, super, and it turned out to be amazing. He's now working at Facebook in the US. And you know, just really appreciate all the early supporters who came in. I think that most startups start that way. It's like your early friends and supporters who, who help you. And in terms of hiring partners, it was a lot of it was just sending good people their way. So I just, uh, I knew friends who were working in software engineering. I knew that they were hiring. So I sent our graduates resumes to them. And our, our first batches of graduates ended up working at companies like GovTech, 
at Xverse, at 99Co, these great companies. And from there, then those credentials, you know, we can, we can tell other employers, oh, our price graduates worked here and tell, you know, and then, and then slowly more and more people get on board. Yeah. And then especially when Rocket Academy fundraised, that was a super helpful moment in building our hiring network because a lot of the angel investors, and there were dozens of angel investors that invested in Rocket Academy's pre-seed round. Many of them were CEOs and CTOs of tech companies that faced this problem themselves, that they could not find good so- enough good software engineers. And Rocket Academy aims to solve this problem for them. And so when our graduates graduate, we can forward them to these companies. And, and uh, that's how the network grows. Uh, speaking of the investors, right? So, mm. you know, you know like uh, they, they say that VCs have a lot of value add. Yeah. But at the same time, they have a lot of different expectations of their own. Like sometimes they want to, they want to butt in the business. You want to like, you know, yeah. try, to, try to steer things their way. Were there any yeah. uh, circumstances or like situations where the expectations and uh, perhaps the trajectory of the VCs and all the partners or even your team, right, differed yeah. from yours. Were there any of such scenarios? How, how do you dealt with so that? So far, not yet. I, I feel I'm lucky in that regard. Rocket Academy is still relatively early stage. The mm. round that we raised last year was a pre-seed round. So Rocket, I'm still the majority shareholder in the company and the investors invested, like, uh, thankful to them, they invested on a safe note, which means that um, it's a safe agreement for future equity Right, so they, they basically were saying, hey, Kai, I trust you. Take this money. I know it can convert to equity in the future, but I trust you to do what you're doing right now. Yep. Keep it, keep going. And I've been in touch. I, I send an investor update every month. If anyone would like to be on Rocket Academy's investor updates, just message me, email me. And uh, and uh, yeah, and, and investors will always, you know, every email update, there's yeah. at least a few investors who will share feedback. They're like, hey, I think you, maybe your accounting can be this way. Or like, hey, have you thought about hiring from this place? So investors have actually been very helpful. Um, do do you guys like uh pick your VCs like the investors to invest in you? Mm. Like uh, were there certain criteria that you screen out for? Because I know that um, like a fast growing company like yours with this trajectory right you're on, yeah. right? Pretty sure like uh, there, there's a lot of suitors, so you mm. have some pick towards the investors that you want. Mm. Were there any criteria specific uh elements that you want your your backers to have? I think the most important. Uh, value add for investors in general, not just VCs, is got to be the network. Uh, and, and, and why is it helpful? It's helpful primarily for branding and hiring. Branding in terms of like, hey, if a, if a, if a, if a VC, if an investor with a strong brand, whether it's an angel or a VC invests in a company, it signals to other par- potential partners, not just employees, but potential other partners, companies, employment partners, etc., it signals to them that, okay, this company is not, is going to be around for a while. They're not just going to disappear tomorrow. Of course, you know, even the best VCs make mistakes, but <laughs> generally that's the case. And the second thing is the network because uh, the most, I think, you know, VCs aren't going to run your business for you. They've got dozens of other companies they've invested in, but one of the best things that they can do for their companies is to open doors for them, whether it is with, potential partners in related industries, right? For, for our investors, a lot of this, the hiring, like for example, Rocket Academy recently hosted a community day for all of our alumni. And some of our investors offered to let us use their office for to host our event. And that was a much easier conversation to have because they were already invested in Rocket Academy. So luckily for this most recent one, uh, uh, Nino, the CTO of Stashaway, kindly offered to let us use the Stashaway office for our event. And it was a fantastic event. I loved it. Students loved it. And so things like that 
are, are I think, what make investors special, that ability to open doors and opportunities for, for the companies. Kai, I wanted to ask you more about the product, not necessarily the fundraising yeah. side. Um, mm. So obviously, like the reason why uh, students or customers even like become brand evangelists or, you know, talk good about brands because they've gotten results and stuff, right? Yeah. So like, imagine I'm a potential customer. I mm. maybe a 30 plus years old and stuff like that. I want to mm. get in, right? But I always have that stigma of this is going to be really hard. So is there any like metric that you guys measure on from the fulfillment basis of the, the teacher teaching the student, right? Where it's like, okay, if they do these three things, right? We know they're going to be motivated. They're going to stay and yeah. they're going to graduate successfully. Like, yeah. is there anything that, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, the biggest signal for that from Rocket Academy is our introductory coding basics course. It, we, we offer this course at cost price. It's currently $199. There's an early bird discount if, you, if people register early. Mm. And, and uh, what this course is, is, is an introduction to coding for beginners. And not only is it an introduction to big for beginners, it is led by live instructors in small groups. So you get hands-on practice doing the coding. You always have someone to ask when you have questions, even outside of class, you have the instructors who are going to answer your questions outside of class. You also have your peers that you can learn together with. And this course is, in my opinion, a good signal of whether people are, whether coding is for people essentially. Right. Testing the waters, complete, basically. Exactly. If you can complete this course, you will probably know whether you like coding enough or not to keep going. And if you if you don't complete the course and you're and then then maybe it's not the right fit or or we need to find other ways to 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 train. Mm. Uh, but if you do complete the course, chances are you would also succeed in the bootcamp course and you would do well as a software engineer. So that's that's the. Um, that would, that, would, that would be the first step. And, and for people who are not even sure whether coding basics is for them, yeah. we also have a free introductory webinar that we host every six weeks called You Need to Code. And I host it personally. I answer everybody's questions. And it is just an introduction about what coding is, how the apps we use every day are made. And just to share, because a lot of people, they don't know. They don't, we don't even talk about it on every day. They yeah. don't know what coding is. We think it's hacking. We think it's, I don't know, some black screen with words <laughs> in it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so there's that free webinar and then there's the introductory coding basics course that I'd recommend for anyone who's considering coding. Okay. So be, because like I've sold information products in the past, technically it's also education, right? And a lot of times it's like, um, it doesn't matter what I do. It's like, even if the guy paid me 5, 6K, for example, I can't motivate him to do the work, mm -hmm. right? So like how, how do you see a big drop off from the basics? Like how many people actually do convert from a basics to your... Mm -hmm. uh, there isn't, um, there isn't, I mean, so far it's been roughly 10%, but it, there isn't a, there isn't a strict number. It varies. And it, it's interestingly, even in some batches where we've had large, more people in basics, uh, it doesn't always mean more conversions to bootcamp. I mm -hmm. think people's motivations matter a lot. And, uh, for example, like there are people who just want to learn the basics. They want to be product managers. And they just want to learn the basics of coding to communicate with engineers. Basics is great for them, uh, but doesn't those people are probably not going to convert to bootcamp, no matter how good the basics course is. Got it. And so, uh, yeah, Rocket Academy is marketing to both audiences, both the people who are interested in just learning the basics, also people who are interested in software engineering careers for our basics course. Okay, you also mentioned that like you you guys build a product, but then there's a platform as well. So, can you explain to me what that platform means? Yeah. It, you know, when we first started, there was no platform. It was literally just me and a spreadsheet. Like, okay, we have five <laughs> students. These are the names. These are the details, right? And 
uh, as we've grown, we've started to have hundreds of students in our courses and it's become harder to manage with spreadsheets because there's just a lot of like manual coordination. You've got to move people into Slack and mm. then group them into their section channels and then people drop out. you got to do one thing. And that, so slowly as we grow, we're starting to build our internal platform where we can manage both the administration of the course as well as student experience features, whether it's certificates, whether it is a scheduler, so students can, it just automatically updates with what they're supposed to be learning on that day itself. Those are the elements of the platform that we're building to improve the student experience. Okay, basically like a LMS, right? Like learning something manage. like a, Something like an LMS, yeah. Okay, can. So uh, if they do graduate, so someone's hearing this, they, they do graduate, they finish basics, uh, what would be the next step? And what is, I guess, the deliverable? Like, what are they going to go into for the next stage of their journey? Yeah. So by the end of basics, students will have completed three coding projects. Each of them is going to be a game. And the final project is a game of blackjack where you code a game that you can deploy to the internet. Your friends can play it together with you. And after that, for students who are interested to go into these, the coding bootcamp, they can submit an application. The application involves your blackjack code and a video application. The video application is a short video asking students to explain a coding concept that they learned from basics. Or if you didn't do basics, then a coding concept that you learned in your prior experience coding. And the reason we ask for the code is to, to verify right, your, whether you actually were able to complete the project or not. And the why, reason we ask for the video application is because hmm. communication skills are super important, especially in software engineering. And that is a trait that employers really look out for when they're doing interviews. And so we just want to make sure people have that baseline level of being able to explain their thought process before we accept them to the bootcamp. Okay. So uh, what, what did they go through in the bootcamp? Is it like a six week? Yeah. Like how does, yeah. Yeah. The bootcamp. So the bootcamp is either four months full-time or eight months part-time. The four months full-time is for people who already know they want to be software engineers, just want to get it over and done with. You're ready to go full speed ahead right now. Or, or whenever you start the bootcamp. And the part-time bootcamp is for people who are still exploring, who maybe, of course, you want to keep your current job so that financially it's easier. And we spread out the bootcamp. It's the same material over eight months. What do students learn in the bootcamp? I mentioned a bit earlier, there's a combination of full-stack app development, so front-end, back-end, everything that's needed to build apps, and algorithms, which are a computer science topic that is heavily tested in coding interviews. And so the way the structure works is there are four modules in the bootcamp. The first module is front end. We start with the latest technologies like React and of course, HTML and CSS to build front end, slick, dynamic user applications. And the, the projects from module one are already phenomenal. They're already very impressive. Module two, they learn how to use a backend service. And the backend service that we use is called Firebase. Mm. Fire, sorry. I know the audience is, is made up. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. No worries, okay. no worries. <laughs> the backend service we use is Firebase, which is a, a low-code backend-as-a-service database. So they can connect that to their front-end apps, and they can build apps that save data across uh, like different users and different times of day, for example, when you access it on your phone, access it on your computer. The third module is all about backend, so they learn how about SQL. So many of us in finance may know about SQL, and we learn about SQLize, which is a, which is a, a, what we call an ORM, which is a... <laughs> object relational model mapping that uh, that is able to map the data in our application to the data in SQL. And then the fourth module is a capstone project where they summarize everything they've learned and we encourage them to try new technologies in areas like AI, like blockchain, like 
like DevOps, where students really just they go off and follow their passion. Yeah. And throughout the entire course, they are practicing algorithms for interview prep so that by the time they graduate, they're ready to go for the coding interviews. Okay. And like during this four to six, eight months, for example, uh, I'm yeah. guessing there's live coaching at the same time, right? Like Absolutely. Questions. So okay. four, uh, the four-month the four one, students meet four times a week. The sessions are in the morning. We operate on a flipped classroom model. So we make everyone's time the most efficient. The lectures are pre-recorded and students come to class as a summary by their section leader. And then they work on hands-on exercises every single day. Mm. For the part-time bootcamp, it's the same thing, but they meet twice a week instead of four times a week on Tuesday evenings and Saturday morning. Okay. Got it. So then after graduation, what happens? Oh yeah. After the graduation, this is the, this is the exciting part. So you, think you're, <laughs> you think you're done, right? You do this final presentation, your project's amazing. You're you know, you're, you're, you celebrate with your friends. And then we go into this thing, what we call job scrum. So some of us know scrum from yeah. the tech world, right? It's like Agile, yeah. each other every day. Right. And so we call it job scrum. And what that means is every week, all the job seekers at rocket Academy, we get together and we update each other. Hey, what's my progress? What did I apply to last week? What interviews did I do? What am I looking for? What, how did those interviews go? What am I looking forward to the next week? And that, I think that helps a lot with motivation because it's like we're a team you know, we're all supporting each other. We can refer each other to opportunities. If I didn't do well on a particular interview, I can share that and other people can help me figure out what I went, what went wrong, what I can do better. And so there's this like team effort and it's, it's cross batches because some people take some time after they graduate, before they start applying. So that it's not always the same batch with each other in the job scrum. And that is, uh, that is almost like aftermarket servicing that we do yeah. for students until, and it continues until they get employed. And so far, everybody has gotten employed so far. Okay. Understood. How, how do you think about, um, not only growing the team, but like growing the company, right? So obviously there's yeah. like one SKU now everyone becomes an SWE, right? But then there's data science, uh, so many things. So right. like in terms of you obviously need, need to cater to market demand at the same time, yep. it's like, okay, raise funds, but like we can't just burn cash here. Yeah. <laughs> so like, how, how do you think about expansion at this point? Yeah, I think Rocket Academy has not saturated the software engineering market yet. I think there's still a lot of room to grow in the software engineering market in Singapore. We want to go to markets like Hong Kong and Australia next. I think there's a lot of room to, to grow and serve the local company, the local learners and companies in those markets. So. Most companies have one primary cash cow. Yep. And I think for Rocket Academy, our primary product is software engineering. Our primary expertise is in software engineering. And so we really want to make sure we are the best in producing great entry-level software engineers first before mm -hmm. we expand into other areas such as data science or even UI, UX, or even things like product management. Yeah, I think that the, the biggest gap in the market right now is for software engineering. We just want to make sure we're the market leader in that before we expand uh, into other areas okay this is kind of a personal question but yeah like because you're the founder okay so everyone knows kayuan is a baller software engineer you know where the facebook alibaba blah whatever right so it's like a lot of times like the the founder the ceo is the bottleneck whereas okay people buy the product because yeah. we know the guy's legit for example yeah. right but then when you start scaling it's like okay i'm buying a product here but am i really going to get what i uh actually want Right. Yeah. Uh, what, what I paid for. So I guess, how did you overcome the objection where it's like, okay, you're not only buying like my knowledge yourself. It's just like, yeah. this is a product. It works. And yeah. I would love to just highlight all of rocket Academy section leaders and take a chance to appreciate them right now. Right. We have people, we have about 10 of the section leaders who are helping to deliver our bootcamp course. Now they are fantastic teachers. And I would say more important than someone having credentials from a place even like Stanford or a place like Facebook or Alibaba, more important than any of those things is just 
how well can someone relate to the students mm. and how well can they teach, right? How well can they bring the students along this journey to understand the concept together? And I have to say that our, our teachers are, are, are fantastic. In a sense, you know, it, it, it means more coming from our teachers than it does coming from me a lot of the time because yeah. many of our teachers are also career switchers themselves. So they've been through that imposter syndrome, more of that imposter syndrome than CS graduates have. They, they understand what our students are going through. They now work at great tech companies. And, and so they are fantastic guides for our students along the way. And so even though I'm, I'm not teaching any bootcamp courses directly right now, mm. but it will always be a prerogative for Rocket Academy to screen our teachers to make sure that they meet this standard of teaching excellence, especially teaching excellence that we demand for at Rocket Academy. And I have no one, there, there's someone that I'm extremely proud of having. His name is Fung, who's overseeing Rocket Academy's operations right now. He is my good, my great friend. He used to be a luxury hotel manager, and then he did a coding bootcamp, became a software engineer at tech startups in Hong Kong. And he is now leading the delivery of courses, and he's making sure that our students get that five-star treatment from all of the instructors. That he's, you know. So I could not be more proud of our instructional team, and they are, they are fantastic. Okay, that's good to hear. Basically, the, the teachers are a reflection of what the students will become, right? So it's easy to teach because like, uh, I was there. At your, I can your, see yeah. myself doing that, and I love how you are just, you understand. I can see my, you in myself. So, yeah, yes. like yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas if you're just hearing it from someone like me, it's kind of like, well, okay, well. Yeah, he's, a, he's a beast already. I'm mean, not like <laughs> a beast, but like, you know, he had all these other opportunities. So of course he can, he can I don't know, become a software engineer or whatever, right? <laughs> But hearing from our teachers who are fantastic, I, I think it means a lot. Okay. Brenton, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I have a question. So you're talking about the team, right? So I, obviously, like the, it's always good to have more te qualified teachers on board. Yeah. But I, I'm quite curious about it. At the start of your journey, right, who were the first few hires that you brought onto the team that are not yeah. uh, teachers? And then uh, who are the ones you're thinking to hire on that are not teachers or so, like to, mm. to expand Actually, further? Almost everybody on our team is a software engineer. And software <laughs> Even the accountant? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, accountant, we, we have a, okay. it's like another yeah. company that helps us with that. Um, we have an operations manager who's not a software engineer, but she's fantastic. She's been managing, making the business run. And we recently hired a head of growth and marketing who's not a software engineer, but also really smart. And, uh, but the majority of our team, I would say like, you know, over half of you know, over three quarters of our team is software engineers right now. And uh, that's really helpful because the primary thing we need to do is teach these students and make sure they get jobs. Yep. And, and so that's what our focus is on. Okay. Uh, how did you get your first few customers? I'm curious. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was super naive. I think as a software engineer, I had not worked on growth as much in the past. And mm -hmm. so when I was starting a business, I was like, oh, how do I get customers? And I was drawing a blank and so I did what I usually do is I just ask friends and I was super lucky that there were software engineer friends who knew other friends who were interested in coding and a few of them referred. I talked to maybe 10 people, three, I think three or a few, about five of them signed up for our first course basically. And the three ended up enrolling and graduating. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did not do any ads or anything like that, but I, in hindsight, maybe I should have. Yeah. How, how did you, uh, like the, not, sorry. 
the demographics of the current student population, right? Can you give a sense to the audience, like who are they? Are they working adults, yeah. career switchers, students? Yeah. Yeah, this is really fascinating. The, uh, the demographic of our students right now, the average age is roughly 25 to 35. Although we have students who are younger, even pre-U, we have students who are older in their 40s or, or, or even 50s. And, and the, the general trend between all of them, they come from all fields. We have people who were accountants, we architects. We have people who were from horse racing, professional gaming. We have people who were chefs. We have people who were psychology, political science, working in government, people who are working in healthcare, mm. and all kinds of fields. And the common thread between them is that they are a bit tired of their current jobs and they, they're maybe less keen about the career prospects in their current jobs. And they realize that tech is booming. They want to get into tech. They're excited about the idea of building products, like all those apps that we use. And, and they, they trust Rocket Academy to help bring them there. So generally between 25 to 35, because that's generally when people have graduated from tertiary education, like uni, and they've worked maybe anywhere from one to five years, one to 10 years. And they've decided that, okay, maybe it's time for a switch and Rocket Academy seems to have a good track record. Did uh, Rocket Academy benefit a lot from the COVID lockdowns? Were there any boosts? Uh, did you feel, I think did you feel that? I think it didn't hurt as, I think it helped in the sense that people are more open to learning online, one, and two, people are more open to switching careers because they're like, well, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of industries were disrupted during COVID. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it helped a lot, a lot, uh, but I also wouldn't say it hurt us, right? I think the fundamentals still need to be, you know, regardless of COVID, no COVID, the fundamentals still need to be there. We have to, we have to build that trust with the audience that, Hey, we can actually deliver good results for our students. And so that that's taken time to build. Um, this is also another curious thing, a more, more personal question. Do you have anything that you are excited for or have any projections oh, so about the educational yeah. tech space? Is there any oh. anything that excites you? But educational techs in general, not just for Rocket Academies. Rocket yeah, yeah in general. Yep. Mm, I'm very excited about personalized learning. I think this has been something people have talked about for a while. For example, like, you know, we all, we all go to school P1 to sec, you know, JC or poly or, or sec four, right? And, but all of us are learning the same stuff. Of course, there's like advanced and higher level and whatnot. But uh, I think companies are starting to develop more personalized learning in the sense that it's like, it's like those apps, right? Where you answer the question correctly, then they give you a harder problem. Or if you're struggling on this particular thing, they can give you more resources for that particular concept that you're struggling on. And I think that is going to be the future. Yeah. So personalized learning where I, I don't have to, you know, if I'm moving fast in a class, I don't have to be bored. If I'm moving slow in a class, I also don't have to feel like I'm slowing other people down. I can go at my own pace. Karin, anybody who like listens to this podcast like mm. uh, can really feel that you're very sincere about your vision and mission and like how you want to help uh, people to get to where they are, right? Yeah. Uh, they're listening right now. Um, yeah. Anything you want to tell them? <laughs> yeah. I would say... I would say coding has given me a really valuable gift. And this is a gift that I, I just wanted to share with, with everyone. Uh, which is that through coding, I have felt that there is no problem that cannot be solved. 
of course there are hard problems in the world, right? There are wars going on and whatnot, human problems that yeah. are hard to solve. But there is no technical problem that cannot be solved. And how 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 did I feel that I felt this way by struggling and failing a lot when I was coding, struggling to solve problems, having to bother my peers to help explain things to me. But after a while I realized that you know with Google, with with problem solving, every coding problem can be solved if we want. And that's what I want Rocket Academy's graduates to take away when they leave Rocket Academy. Mm. And that's what I hope everybody, everybody in the world can feel. It's a feeling that I hope everybody can feel. We can always find out a solution. And so uh, if, right, if, if you feel like you want to experience some of that, I would encourage you to try coding. But even if you don't do coding, uh, I hope that, mm, I hope that you have that optimism as well, that like there is always a way out of the problems that we have. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so this is the final question and also a question that we ask all guests that comes to the pod. Mm. So who is the CEO that you are following and why? Yeah, uh, I think one of my, and, and this may be controversial for various reasons, but I mean, I, I, think, I think I've always appreciated, I've always appreciated Mark Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And maybe a lot of people will say Mark Zuckerberg because he's famous, but <laughs> but um, I think he's you know to be a CEO of a company that grew from nothing to one of the biggest companies in the world for the entire duration, right? Like, I don't know how many years it's been twenty years at least. Mm -hmm. That requires a lot of personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. He started off as a coder; he was just a software engineer, but yep. then but then he figured out how to get lots of users at Harvard and then scaling it to other college campuses. And then he figured out how to get onto, mo everybody was doubting Facebook and then they figured out how to get onto mobile and monetize that no less. And then they made these great acquisitions with WhatsApp and Instagram. And then now they're everywhere in, everywhere in the world, basically everyone uses it every day. And to be able to, and of course now he's leading the company into the new metaverse, which we don't know if it's going to succeed or not, but at least he's taking a bet on it, right? And yeah. so to be able to transform himself throughout all stages of the company, I, I find that quite remarkable and i think if i could if i could come even a little bit of that i i would be i would be happy i would be proud of myself yeah. got it so um lastly how can anybody find out more about you reach out to you and yeah. find out more about rocket academy i'm very active on linkedin so uh, if anyone wants to you can just connect with me on linkedin I'm, I'm very happy to chat and if you want to find out more about rocket academy we have a link tree so uh linktr.ee slash rocket academy and you will find all of our links we're on all the socials instagram youtube facebook linkedin you uh, google etc yeah i'll plug those in into the show notes so awesome. uh, thank you so much for your time Kari, and thank you so for much, all the guys. sharings thanks for listening yep. to me i i hope that uh yeah everyone can be financially successful thanks for <laughs> <laughs> hey thank you everyone okay take care